Coming up on Stu Does America, Glenn Beck is here to reveal the biggest lies we're told about racism. A federal judge decides homeowners should be able to do what they want with their houses again. What a crazy idea. And the media attacks a lawmaker in Tennessee because they don't know American history. Let's find out the truth as we do the three-fifths compromise. Stu Does America. Conservators, unite. Leave it to this stupid show to do an episode about fractions. If you've ever heard of the three-fifths compromise, it's usually talked about in the same way I learned about it back in middle school. The country was so racist, it only counted slaves as three-fifths of a person. And it's appealing as an argument. I mean, it certainly sounds true. And in a completely out-of-context way, I mean, there is some truth to it. Here's some breaking news for you. I hate to do this to you, but uh, slavery was racist. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that writing any amount of fifths onto a document can be worse than slavery itself was. But of course, any rule that didn't count blacks as equal citizens in every way was fundamentally wrong and terrible and racist. That doesn't mean the whole country was racist, but these policies were racist policies surrounded by inhuman justifications all too often. No one is arguing that the three-fifths compromise was the utopian optimum. What conservatives and historians often point out is that within the context of that moment, counting slaves as three-fifths of a person was indeed much better than counting them as a whole person. The media is desperate for you not to understand this fact. So you get headlines like this one from the Washington Post. GOP state lawmakers, the three-fifths compromise was actually good. Really? Or this abortion of a story in the New York Times. Tennessee lawmaker is criticized for remarks on three-fifths compromise. Let me quote the Times. It is regarded as one of the most racist deals among the states during the country's founding. Yet in a speech in the Tennessee General Assembly on Tuesday, one representative defended the compromise, arguing that it was a, quote, bitter pill that was necessary to curtail the power of slaveholding states. (laughs) What a bastard. Right off the bat, the quote from Tennessee lawmaker Justin Lafferty largely disproves the headline of the Washington Post. He wasn't arguing that the three-fifths clause was actually good. He was describing it as a bitter, bitter pill. In case you're unfamiliar, like the Washington Post seems to be, a bitter pill is defined as a distressing experience or result that is hard to accept. It's not actually defined as actually good. The Times continues with Lafferty's quote. By limiting the number of population in the count, the state representative, Justin Lafferty, a Republican from Knoxville, said on the House floor, participants in the Constitutional Convention specifically limited the number of representatives that would be available to the slaveholding states. And they did it for the purpose of ending slavery well before Abraham Lincoln, well before the Civil War. Seeing a political opportunity, the left decided to call Lafferty out. I thought it was horrible, Democrat Antonio Parkinson said, adding that no matter the argument, it was impossible to defend policies that protected slavery and failed to account for the full humanity of African-Americans. I don't care if it's policy or how you're counting heads. There's nothing good about slavery. I'm sorry. Did he say there was something good 
about slavery? Because I missed that part of the speech. I, I wonder why. Oh, yeah, it doesn't exist. The argument isn't, uh, Republican says slavery good. The argument is three-fifths was better in the context of the moment than five-fifths, which was the current state of affairs in the South. The Times notes that some other scholars have made this point before, but in reality, there is no disagreement among anyone as to the basic facts of the matter. There were slaveholders and there were abolitionists. These slaveholders wanted slaves to be counted as full people. Got it? The abolitionists wanted slaves to not be counted at all. Let me dumb it down even more. Bad guys wanted five-fifths. Good guys wanted zero-fifths. The compromise was three-fifths. Do you understand? If you don't like slavery, you are rooting for the zero-fifths people. If you like slavery, you were rooting for the people who, how did the Democrat put it again, accounted for the full humanity of African-Americans. So am I alone on this one? Not at all. Yes, there are scholars that support this view. Here's Dr. David Foster, the chair of the Department of History and Political Science at Ashland University, who writes, quote, it seems obviously racist to count a slave as only part of a person. But when the Constitution was being drafted, it was Southern interests that argued for counting slaves fully as persons. This would have maximized Southern power in Congress because the Constitution determined only, determined only the number of representatives, not who those representatives would be. Listen carefully. The Constitution let each state determine how its representatives would be chosen so a state could count slaves to determine the number and then send only white slave owners to Congress. That would be bad. In this context, to count only three-fifths the number of slaves rather than the, than the total number actually diminishes the power of the pro-slavery faction in the national government. This strengthened the part of the country that was opposed to slavery to the advantage of the slaves themselves. Got it, everybody? But what if you don't like to hear from scholars? I understand that. Let me give you this little quote from the extreme right-wing source of Encyclopedia Britannica. Having failed to secure the abolishment of slavery, please note, they were trying for abolition already, but couldn't get it. Some delegates from the northern states sought to make representation dependent on the size of a state's free population. In other words, they only wanted to count free people, not slaves, the northern states. Southern delegates, on the other hand, threatened to abandon the convention if enslaved individuals were not counted. Why would the South threaten to abandon the convention if they didn't count slaves? Because they knew counting the slaves was good for slavery. Ta-da! Maybe you don't like historians. Maybe you don't like evil right-wing encyclopedias. How about freaking Frederick Douglass? The three-fifths clause, quote, is a downright disability laid upon the slave-holding states, one which deprives those states of two-fifths of their natural basis of representation. Therefore, instead of encouraging slavery, the Constitution encourages freedom by giving an increase of two-fifths of political power to free over slave states. Got it, everybody?
The slaveholders of the South didn't say, we demand dignity for the human beings that we own. Uh, we must count those slaves as real people. That's not what they were doing. This is not to say that the North's sole motivation was to end slavery. They also wanted more power for other reasons as well. But these were states that abolished slavery. They had already tried to get abolition in the document. In a perfect formation of a nation, slaveholders would free their slaves and they would be able to hold the rights of full citizenship. But the choices at the time were clear. Codifying slavery for decades and decades longer than it lasted or putting the horrific institution of slavery on a road of certain demise. I know which one I would choose in that situation. But it's the third choice that the left and the media really seem to want. They say the real choice was not compromising at all, which meant no formation of the country at all, which means no Western way of life at all, which means no capitalism at all, which means no United States of America as we know it at all. And the only way you think this is a positive is if you don't see any real good coming out of America as we know it at all. If you see the formation of the country as a net negative, then it's easy to criticize the founders. Many of them tolerated something they themselves called evil in order to keep the union. But if you think the union sucked, well then of course you think they were idiots and racists. Benjamin Franklin detested slavery, and yet he is a signatory of the US Constitution. He signed on for the formation of this country and then did what any good American would do. He pestered the hell out of everyone to stop it as soon as it could possibly be stopped. He did this before the Bill of Rights was even ratified. He did it until the day he died. The three-fifths compromise isn't a policy anyone admires in 2021, but in a time when slavery existed already, it was an effort to move the ball down the field toward the end zone of freedom, bit by bit, yard by yard. You think progressives would recognize that. No one is saying the three-fifths compromise was actually good, but it was a big step away from what was actually bad. And no amount of historical dizziness from today's media can change that fact. So you want to buy or sell a home in a market that is doing very well for buyers right now uh, and sellers. Honestly, the market's just going crazy right now. Uh, you want to get a home? There's a lot on the market, but the supply is a little shorter than you'd like it to be. That's why prices are going through the roof right now for sellers. No matter what side of the transaction you are on, of course, you want to get the best real estate agent, one that you can trust, someone that's going to come in and take charge and say, hey, that needs to change. Maybe that changes. Here's a good price. Let's work together. Let's get this thing done. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a company that Glenn Beck started, uh, and he's coming up in just a minute. Maybe I'll even ask him about it. Uh, the point is, realestateagentsitrust.com was started because so many people go through real estate transactions and have negative experiences. Doesn't have to happen. You don't have to be a victim of that little parade. Get more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Get the best real estate agent. Get them screened before you have to deal with them. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Please help me welcome back to the Studios America set, Glenn Beck himself. 
Glenn's newest special is tonight. It's Race Baiters Be Damned. Three big lies about racism debunked. And it airs 9 p.m. Eastern immediately after this program. Make sure to watch it on Blaze TV or on the Blaze TV YouTube. Glenn, thanks for stopping in. If there wasn't so, so much systemic racism, I wouldn't be here promoting the show. <laughs> on a racist show. On a racist show. Is this a systemically racist, uh, racist look at the show? Look at the... Look at the suit you're wearing. It's, it's, it's ebony and ivory. It's, yeah, it's living it's together in perfect using, harmony. It's using black to cover your whiteness. That's what it is. Ah, uh, okay. Now I see. See I what see. I mean? See what I, I mean? See how it goes. We, uh, we actually have segments tonight that are about as lunatic as that. Yeah. Um, and we're all about the, the arguments um, and the evidence that you need to um, you need to defend yourself and need to defend the country. Um, if we don't start standing up and defending our country, that which one generation tolerates, the next generation embraces. And now that I'm 50, I can see that mm. true. I remember hearing that in my 20s and being like, yeah, I wonder if that's true. Yes, it is. So, yes, it is. Uh, I know you're going to get into the actual uh, debunking of these racist myths, but it all ties into what we've been talking about when it comes to critical race theory. Um, and uh, we saw this sort of in Texas schools this this week, where there was a big election in a town here in, in uh, Texas. Like yep. And it's like, is this the right approach? I mean, is it just awareness that wakes parents up to this and then you can defeat it? Well, I will tell you, um, two of the school board members went to jail in Southlake. Did you know that? No. Yeah, two of them went to jail. And the reason why is because they knew if they brought up critical race theory in an open meeting that it would be rejected by the parents. And so they colluded with each other in email and they just passed it quietly without a public hearing. They went to jail over that. OK, you have this. Um, where was it in the northeast where the um, teachers were saying you can't say these things? Um, one school was sending out a bogus letter that was designed specifically for those people who were asking about critical race theory, but it was designed to lead them off track mm -hmm. because they're putting it in anyway. When you have um, people trying to keep something quiet, the best thing you can do is pour a big, huge spotlight on it. Yeah. Why, why, why is this happening? Like, we know that the, you know, the left is going to look for whatever advantage it can take. But like over the years, there was always this thing where the left would call Republicans racist. Every candidate that would run would be called racist. This is so different, though. This this critical race theory is completely was, different than what that we used was to leverage. That was leverage. Yeah. That was a tool that you could use to get your opponent. You know, right. What I mean? Right. But we were still kind of all marching in the same way. It was just dirty tricks. It was just dirty politics. We're at war. We're at war now. The United States of America is under attack from within by leftists, Marxists that want to destroy the United States of America. And it is war. They don't they're not using this as leverage. They are trying to destroy the nation and the Western world. And until you understand this is, you know, they keep saying, oh, you know, global climate 
change. You know, that's why I wash my socks in dirt. Uh, you know, global climate change. Uh, it's our World War II. No, our World War II is happening right now without any guns. It is happening in the intellectual space of America. It is happening in our hearts mm. and in our minds. What is America? Are we a good place or a bad place? Are people actually embracing this, though? I mean, oh, yeah, because like critical race theory was this thing that bubbled around academia for a long time and was largely ignored by the entire mainstream. Right. It was there were left wing academics who pushed for this for a while. But like you look at a, a place like the county we're talking about in Texas was a was basically a purple county. You know, it was a, you know, I think Biden won it by a few votes, mm-hmm. but it was it's a, you know, basically a purple county, not a hardcore left wing county. Well, now it's known as a racist. County. Now it's a racist county, mm-hmm. I guess. But like, I don't get the sense that people around here are all about, you know, critical race theory. They may be to the left of me, certainly, but. So, I, I don't understand. You know, okay, so, okay, so go back to the Abraham Lincoln today on mm-hmm. the radio. I read that quote from Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. about how he was trying to explain to the American people that the people in the South generally are good, but there's some really insidious evil that has been happening over the last 30 years, in his words, and it's almost identical to what's happening now, that have perverted and used the good nature of people and perverted it and sugarcoated it and twisted it around mm-hmm. to where they could hate the United States of America instead of seeing it as their country. If you would have gone to them 30 years ago, they wouldn't have said that. But they were very clever on how they turned everything. That's, that's what we're experiencing. The people who know what they're doing, and I claim it's those in Washington, D.C., many of those in the media. They know exactly what they're doing. They are turning this country against itself. They are pitting one another against itself. The average person just wants to be left alone and just be a good person. You know, I so struggle with uh, Caitlyn Jenner because everything in me says, and by the way, he would not mind if I call him a he, okay? He, he says, do whatever it is you want to do. Mm. You know, we don't have to be mean to each other. Right. But I call Caitlyn Jenner, not Bruce. I call him Caitlyn. And usually I refer to her. I know he's still a man, biologically, but I don't want to be, you know, I don't care that much about him. I care when it comes down to it. When yeah. I have to teach my children and we and we're in a court of law, we're in medicine. It matters if I'm taking him to the hospital that I say, <laughs> by the way, man, I can tell you right now, it's not an ovary problem. Correct. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, when it counts, you have to say that. And I think that's the way most people feel. They just don't you know, they, they don't want to. It, it's political correctness, but it's political correctness gone insane. Yeah, because there seems to be more value in denying you acknowledge those differences. Like if you if you can kind of say, well, I don't look, it's a woman. Caitlyn Jenner's a woman. 
And we know it's she's a woman because she says she's a woman. Like, you can change your name. Like, you can't change your gender because you signed a piece of paper. You can change your name because you signed mm-hmm. a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. We all know that, you know, Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner. But Caitlyn Jenner, just like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, was Lou Alcindor before that. We call him Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because you can change Johnson, your name. Magic Johnson yeah. was never called Magic Johnson by his mother. No. But everybody else called him Magic, Magic Johnson, Johnson. And he liked it. And he didn't even sign a paper for mm-hmm. Magic Johnson. Um, so... Like, is it just that we are in this world where because uh, I think there's some people out there in the, in the audience even that would say, you know what? You're wrong, Glenn. You shouldn't be saying uh, Caitlyn Jenner. That's why I say I fight myself on it all the time yeah. because we are past the point um, of 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 all of this. You know, Caitlyn is a different animal because he recognizes you don't have to call me she you don't have to do it so his point is this is me Mm -hmm. okay but whatever you do that's you and i don't hold a grudge um and that's the right way to handle it and so by choice i do that however we are at the point of war they are they are training you now to deny those things that you know are true. America is not a racist nation. Have we had bad problems with race? You bet. Name the country that hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do we have our problems? Are we been corrupt? Have we been cruel to people? Have we used our CIA in ways that none of us are proud of? Yes, we have. But are we a good nation? Are we, do we learn from those mistakes and try to be a more perfect nation? Yes. I think that's where most people are. They can admit the bad, but they also kind of like it. They like the good stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's life. What's happening is the left is trying to get us to deny anything that doesn't agree with their narrative and the more you do it if you're not willing to stand up now on my country's not a racist country you won't defend your country because if you tolerate that now your kids will accept and embrace it mm, that's that's terrifying um and that's why you got to fight so hard in the schools on this yeah. too um let me change gears a little bit with you uh, uh, elon musk is coming on saturday night live yeah uh, on, on saturday i saw jack yesterday on your show yeah jack helmuth yeah. uh, uh who's very funny he used to work mm-hmm. on saturday night live yeah. um this is a uh bizarre moment culturally because you know elon musk we've talked about this we have had problems at times with some in the audience when we say we did we did we admired elon musk and we liked tesla cars because they were seen as this like left-wing status not symbol. only that they took all kinds of government money yeah yeah took all kinds, all of, kinds government, of it which, which we hate. opposed right um and People would be like, oh, I can't believe you talk about that guy in, in some positive way. Here's a guy who's literally building spaceships to escape global warming. That's how left he is. Uh, he's putting all of his billions up on the line to support global warming and, and environmentalist causes. Yet he has somehow been turned into this like right wing figure. Do you know why? Why? Because he won't play the game. This came to me this last weekend. Hmm. I was talking to somebody who you would know very high up, very, very, played at the highest levels of government, knows the networks, knows Mm -hmm. government. 
And we were having a conversation this weekend, and um, uh, we were talking about this very thing. He said, it's the game. And it clicked in me. Do you remember what Roger Ailes said my problem was? Mm-hmm. What was it? Basically that. You, uh, won't you won't play the game. Play the game. Mm-hmm. And if you don't play the game, then they'll accept anything from you. You just have to play the game. If you don't, you're out of the game. As I said at the time when I was at Fox, I don't, it's not a game to me. This is real. It's not a game. There are principles and people involved in this. Too many people are just willing to play the game because they just want to go along. Mm -hmm. He is unwilling to play the game. He's on their side a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. But because he relies on common sense, sometimes it's like Bill Maher. Wait, Bill, 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 you're off the reservation. Yeah. It's all of it or none of it. That's why, and I know you always joke about this, that's why it always ends with a bullet in the head. (laughs) Because once you get down to it, you, you you whittle people down so far, it's my way or the highway, and if you won't do it, what am I gonna do? I gotta eliminate you. Mm. Well, let's let's walk down your oh so pleasant road here for a yes. second, because uh, we we talk about this all the time. No one's saying the United States is Nazi Germany. It's a much no. much more pleasant place. However, when there becomes a split in a road and one road leads to Naziville, you don't take three steps down that road. No, you stay away from the road at all costs. Yeah. And and we're and talking you about may even go down that road with a really good reason, but everyone is on alert. Mm-hmm. You tell everybody, we are on a really spooky road. Right, like when you're defending against terrorists or Correct. something. Some of those laws, you know, rules get and bent, they, and, they, and, it, and it hurts a lot of times. it hurts us. Um, Turned out to be bad. Culturally, though, we're in an interesting place on this, because we are at a place where, like, fun isn't really allowed. Like, you can't sit, you can't joke about certain things. Comedians have these lines uh, that they're not allowed to cross. We've seen that historically in a lot of these rep- uh, oppressive societies. Do you ever see the movie Cabaret? Probably a long, long time, time ago. A long yeah. time yeah. ago. Um, that's kind of what Cabaret was about. It was about the Weimar Republic. Mm. And when anything went, anything went. And, uh, and Kurt Garan, I think you remember who he is, the Jewish, very famous actor, one of the famous actors of Germany at the time. But he was Jewish. He thought he could make fun of Hitler and everything else, and he got away with it for a while. But it just kept growing and growing and growing, and then it's time to stop. I was reading a, and they do it violently, um, I, I was reading a book, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was the words of somebody who lived through the uh, Weimar Republic and into Nazi Germany, in Germany. And they said two things. One, we, we didn't know what hyperinflation was on a Wednesday. By the next Wednesday, it was the only thing everybody was talking about. That sounds just like COVID. Yeah, mm. yeah. The, the, the other thing that they said was they have destroyed everything. You can't go to the opera. You can't go to sports. You can't do anything anymore without it becoming political and that's kind of the the story of of cabaret in many ways you can't you can't just laugh you Mm -hmm. can't do things because there are boundaries now 
And you want to break those boundaries, you can break them. But if they continue to gain power, you're in real trouble. We're in a scary place. Uh, Glenn Beck, uh, new special is Race Baiters Be Damned. Three big lies about racism debunked. It airs 9 p.m. Eastern right after this stupid little show we have here. Check it out on YouTube or do the smart thing and watch with your very own Blaze TV subscription. Head to blazetv.com slash stew and enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Even if you're watching Glenn's show, you can still do it that way. Uh, you'll save 10 bucks. Glenn, thanks, thanks for coming on. You bet. All right, back in a second. Thank you for joining our mission to do all of America together. Before we get started, do me a favor, head over to my Instagram page at Stu Does America. Give me a follow. The link there uh, in the bio will take you to all the platforms the show is available on, all the social links, all the merch, all that stuff. Uh, check it out. Or get involved in the fight to save conservative voices in America right here. Get your very own subscription to Blaze TV. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Uh, in a ruling that could have a tremendous impact on millions of Americans, a federal judge in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday ruled that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention overstepped its legal authority when it issued a nationwide eviction moratorium. Do you think I mean, that is a, that's a puzzler. I don't know. Really? You think they overstepped their authority? I mean, they can't just tell all landlords that no one can be evicted for a year? Why can't, I mean, if they can't do that, what can they do? I mean, it seems like it's well within their authority. I, I know when we created the CDC, it was explicitly pitched that at any time they could shut down the entire nation. Maybe they could just say, hey, how many houses do you own? You, you, you own uh, homes? Can't kick anyone out of them. Uh, even though you're, they're yours, you have to keep maintaining the property and paying taxes and doing all those things. But uh, absolutely, at any point, we're just going to rip that out from under you, your ability to actually collect rents, and uh, let's see how you do. It'll be really fun to see. That was what I understood the CDC was, the whole role of the CDC. The ruling says, it's the role of the political branches, not the courts, to assess the merits of policy measures designed to combat the spread of disease, even during a global pandemic. The question for the court is a narrow one. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Does the Public Health Service Act grant the CDC the legal authority to impose a nationwide eviction moratorium? It does not. No, it does not. Not even close. So that is the ruling uh, from the beginning. We'll have more updates on that uh, as well. There's another uh, big story on uh, related to this. We'll get to it here in a minute as it comes to uh, the Biden administration as well. Uh, AOC, in the meantime, is pushing for a 1.5 million person strong climate core. Yes, a climate core. Why? Because I can't really give you a great answer on that. I mean, I, she has no, absolutely, absolutely no idea what she's talking about on the climate, obviously. She's not exactly, you know, a climate scientist. Um, she's going to uh, say that everyone agrees with her policies because she wants socialism. And there's this sort of uh, policy that goes back to the progressive era, which is this idea of coming up with a constant state of war. How can you get people on alert to do all those things that they'll do only in more time? You know, in a pandemic, right, a lot of people put up with a, with a moratorium on evictions, for example. Uh, they would not do that, obviously, in a normal time. And so you, the, there's been a left-wing thesis that is basically an idea that says, hey, what if we kind of make people feel like they're at war all the time? That's the climate crisis. Uh, 
that the climate crisis. Uh, look, that's not to say that you know scientists don't say that global warming could hurt things in the future. They some do. I mean, it's true, uh, but it's really not a catastrophe when you actually read uh, their papers and 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 look at what they're talking about. It's it's all scaremongering in the media about what the science actually says. Uh, there's about ten billion dollars, and I think it's the Jobs Act uh, that is supposed to support this thing that seems like a climate core. What would the climate people do? Um, I mean, they would do a lot of things, but none of them good. And they certainly wouldn't solve the global warming problem. Uh, Not even close. Um, Andrew Cuomo has signed legislation restoring voting rights to felons upon release from prison. Uh, This is is kind of an amazing thing, mainly because you can see the motivation. It's quite clear from Andrew Cuomo. Uh, He wants to vote when he gets out of prison, which is coming very soon. So, hey, good job, Andrew. Once you become a felon, you're convicted. You go to prison for a few years. When you get out, you can vote for yourself again. And there's nothing. I mean, nobody likes Andrew Cuomo more than Andrew Cuomo. And he wants to make sure he can cast that vote in the year 2046 or whenever that is. But hopefully he's in prison a lot longer than that. Back in a second. So how good is your credit score? Is it uh, higher than five? If it's higher than five, that's, that's better than lower than five. That much I know. I don't know much about credit scores. I know I should pay my bills. I know I should keep my, I shouldn't, you know, overdo it on credit. But really, it's a big, complicated algorithm, and who knows how it works. I'll tell you how. Scoremaster. Scoremaster.com uh, knows how to make your credit score work for you. Uh, they can boost your credit score uh, about 97 points uh, in, uh, well, it, it depends. So there's about 61 points in the first few weeks. It goes up to around 97 points, but that's not an upper limit. We've seen people go uh, and gain 150, 160 points on their credit score by using Scoremaster. Uh, if you, you're talking about your, maybe your credit score is in the high 500s, you want to get into the mid 600s, that could save you thousands and thousands of dollars. If you just average, uh, get the average gain from scoremaster.com. Scoremaster will save you maybe $100,000 on a home loan. Get it done before you take one of these big purchases on. Or if you go to apply for a job, that's a big situation there as well. When they check your credit score, you can enroll in minutes and you can see how many plus points the Scoremaster people can add to your credit score. Visit scoremaster.com slash stew, scoremaster.com slash stew. Make sure to use the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Scoremaster.com slash stew. Coming up, I have an absolutely amazing graph, and I'm the only one, the only show on television that teases graphs in advance. That's just me. I also have potentially the dumbest story I've ever read in my entire life, all coming up in the next few minutes. First, let me tell you about the U.S. has decided to support vaccine patent waiver proposals at uh, the World Trade Organization. The idea here being like everyone needs these vaccines, it's a really tough time. So, you know, we, anyone should be able to make them. We should, uh, you know, take the patents away from these big drug companies. I understand that this sounds like a good idea. It is not. Why would you get into this business at all if they were going to do this every single time uh, an outbreak happens? Everyone always says like, oh, the vaccine thing, like they get into this for the money. Do they really? I mean, you know, a lot of them are not making a lot of money off of this, number one. But number two, all you do is get attacked for how evil you are. Um, and, And then when the one time the thing's really needed, they take away your patent and let everyone sell it. 
why would you go through the trouble of developing these things? You're just going to discourage people from doing it later. It makes uh, no sense, but uh, uh, I'm not surprised. Okay, uh, let, me, let me show you this graph. This is a graph. This is incredible. Now, what you basically see for those listening on podcasts is a flat line going at the bottom of the screen, and then it pops up a little bit for a short time and then goes almost straight up after that. This graph represents uh, something to do with Dogecoin, this cryptocurrency that we've been talking about a little bit here. Um, but what this really does, <laughs> which is amazing, is if you put no, none of your money that you had at the beginning of the pandemic, just the three stimulus checks from the government. If you took those and as soon as you got them, you just put them into Dogecoin without thinking about it. Um, you would have, you know, what was the total amount of those checks? There was a couple of 1400s and a 600, wasn't it? Can't remember. It's about $3,000. Anyway, that would now be worth $500,000 if you just did that. That money was just sitting there waiting for you to invest and you didn't do it. <laughs> and neither did I. Okay, uh, so uh, Dogecoin, still up. Uh, I will say, uh, Elon Musk is doing uh, Saturday Night Live this weekend. Um, at some point, you got to believe, maybe the, the goodbye credits, he comes out in a Dogecoin shirt. As soon as that, that happens, I might be selling some of it. I, you know, I, I, I don't trust the Dogecoin. I don't see it as the future. I just uh, want to make uh, some quick bucks off of it and then maybe put it back into Bitcoin or Ethereum or something else. Anyway, uh, that's out now. Peloton is recalling all of its treadmills after reports of injuries and one death. And it was not actually uh, the girl from the Peloton commercial that was killed. Um, actually, it was a really terrible story where a kid got kind of trampled under this thing. Um, the Peloton, it's designed kind of different. It's almost like a... Uh, has like a the treadmill is like more like a tank treadmill and like separate pieces rather than the one continuous belt. Um, so it's done a bunch of different things um, that have uh, caused injury. The the, the uh, company initially really pushed back hard on it. It was just like, uh, no, we're not we're not changing this. This is BS. And they've totally folded and are now apologizing for their initial reaction. So you can see how that's going for them. Now let me give you one of the dumbest stories I've ever read in my entire life. LeBron James, of course it starts with that. Don't be an idiot. Don't be a LeBron. That's, a, that's one of the core parts of our ideology here at Studios America. Um, LeBron James has expressed regret over his inflammatory tweet. This is one where he basically tried to get a cop killed. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers super, uh, superstar said on Twitter that he owes uh, it to uh, her, Makia Bryant, and the movement to change the conversation because he fueled, apparently, the wrong conversation. So what's the right conversation an article from vox which i mean quite literally is one of the dumbest things i've ever read in my entire life i want to read large excerpts to you because it's so incredibly stupid you can experience it with me uh this is a piece from uh vox from fabiola Seneas. she says uh why they're not saying makia bryant's name why aren't they saying that name it's, uh, she, which she wrote a piece about that. Um, she said, viewers of various races and political affiliations decided that Bryant was the knife-wielding aggressor. Actually, our eyes did that because it was on video. And we saw a woman with a knife, a girl with a knife, about to plunge it into another black girl who didn't have a knife. That's what we all saw. So, yes... We did say that she was the aggressor, even after it was discovered um, that Bryant was living in foster care. That she was in the middle of a fight with an older woman when police arrived and that she was allegedly the one who summoned the police for help. People, some of the same people who called for justice in Floyd's case, used police talking points to justify the four bullets that Reardon unloaded into Bryant's chest. 
No, we didn't use any talking points. We used the video that we all saw. We saw it. We saw it happen. Even for those who don't who do see her as a victim, they'll still victim blame, erasing the systemic oppression. She was oppressing a black woman with a knife. She was pressing it into her skin. It was about to happen. That's why it happened. Listen to this end, though. People will say, I'm really sad this whole scenario happened. But had she not had that knife, that becomes the but, the qualifier, the caveat. And too often we have a caveat when it comes to defending, protecting and caring for black girls. Yet the caveat was the stabbing. The caveat was the black girl with the knife trying to stab the other black girl without the knife. That's not a caveat. That's an attempted murder. I just, of course it was LeBron James who tweeted this because LeBron James is an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Don't be a LeBron. Built Bar is the sponsor here. And why are they the sponsor here? Because they're basically the sponsor of my entire life. They have, we have Built Bars all over uh, inside our refrigerator, on a whole, a whole shelf in our refrigerator. It's nothing but Built Bars. I can't control my own refrigerator. It's all Built Bars everywhere. Why? My, li- my wife loves Built Bars. And if you've ever seen my wife, you know that she should not have married me, obviously. That's the first thing you'll see. But secondly, you'll see that she's in very good shape, unlike her husband. Um, now, there is a big uh, situation coming up on Mother's Day. Uh, if, you've, if you're uh, the wife in your life, if the lady in your life has never tried a Bilt Bar, what a great time to maybe get them some. Uh, may, hook yourself up. Be the hero here. Uh, Bilt Bar for Mother's Day. Bilt Bar is a revolution in the world of protein bars because it actually tastes good. It's something that tastes good first, and then second, something that's good for you. And it is very good for you. High in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in carbs, tons of great flavors. Check it out. BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code STU15. You're going to save 15% off your first order. Use the promo code STU15 for 15% off. BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. All right. Thank you so much for making it all the way through the show. Uh, You're one of the cool kids now. In the Cool Kids Club, we very much appreciate it. Make sure to uh, follow me on all the social media. You can check out all the merch, by the way, at StuDoesMerch.com. A lot of people picking up their Andrew Cuomo is awful uh, stuff. Uh, You got the uh, Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. There's still a few of those left as well. Make sure to pick those up before they go away forever. No, it's only kidding. I'm going to sell them until you stop buying them. That's really what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep ordering them. I'm going to make them keep ordering them until you stop buying them, which is never because she's always going to suck. Even 25 years after her death, she will still suck and people will still be buying these pens. So thank you very much for that. Um, Let me give you the story. I should get this guy hooked up. Uh, with a Studo's merch account because he's a four-year-old boy. Um, he uh, got on Amazon. Not sure if it was Alexa or the website or what, but he did a little ordering, and this happens sometimes. If you have kids, this happens sometimes. He ordered um, some SpongeBob popsicles. The only real issue here I can see is that he ordered $2,600 worth of SpongeBob popsicles, and Amazon does not refund popsicle cost. Now, that is... Relatively rational. I understand why Amazon would have a policy of not <laughs> not letting you return popsicles. However, come on, Bezos. Step it up. This kid, he's four years old. He ordered $3,000 of SpongeBob popsicles. Now, my argument would be, look, that's a good way to spend $3,000 is on SpongeBob popsicles. 
positive ending to the story, though, GoFundMe uh, was put together, and now they've made even more money than the popsicles cost. So they're going to be okay, but come on, Bezos, fix this thing. Come on.